Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I'm so glad that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. I hope this show feels like you're hanging out with your friends at your favorite coffee shop and that you leave feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. Let's dive into today's show. Hi friends, happy Tuesday, July 20th, if you're listening in real time. Hope your day is going so great. I am thrilled about today's episode with my friend Courtney Weston. Oh my gosh, I have been fangirling over Courtney for a couple of months at this point because she is so creative and just very down to earth and sweet and that totally comes through online, but it was really, really fun to just chat with her um, in real time. I wish it was in person, but she is the creator of Rooney Sewing Patterns and has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to small business and She's also shared a little bit on social media about just her creative process, and so I loved getting to sit down and talk with her about what that looks like as a mom and as a Jesus follower. So on today's episode, she shares about small business and creativity, creating and worship, and she also shares about friendship. And so if you have recently moved to a new place or are a recent college grad or newly married or a new mom or just in general like want to learn and be encouraged in making friends as an adult woman in your 20s, then definitely stay tuned till the end to hear Courtney share about that. Guys, I'm so excited. I know you're going to love this episode. Let's dive on in. Hi, Courtney. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Yes, I feel like it's so fun um, because we've kind of become Instagram friends. I'm sure you get... (laughs) a little annoyed because I respond to like every single one of your stories just so enthusiastic and I can't wait to chat more about like your business and um, that's kind of how we got connected was I remember a friend of mine like shared your business Instagram on her stories and I just fell in love like your brand resonates so much with me and what I enjoy and it was so encouraging to see someone else kind of in my like age range and phase of life who was interested in similar things so yeah I feel the same way I (laughs) I like when I guess you just started popping up on my feed and so I just started stalking you and your quilt um what's that called like your quilt stories that you say the highlight yeah yeah, that's what, that's what it's called. Yeah, I started just like binge watching all of those and like, oh my gosh, she makes the coolest thing. So yeah, I feel the same like connection of it's fun when you find someone kind of in a similar season. And so I've really enjoyed like keeping up with you. And I feel the same way. I'm like, 
should I reply? I replied to her last story. Like, <laughs> I just want to like reply to all of them. Oh, yeah. Well, now we have established, I think we don't mind that we can yeah. keep doing that, which is exactly. nice. Um, so I would love if you would just introduce yourself, just give us your name, um, if you're married, your husband's name, how long you've been married, and if you have any kids. Cool. My name is Courtney Weston, and I'm married to Jordan Weston, and we've been married for over six years, and we have a one-year-old daughter. Her name is Willow, and she's just so fun. And um, yeah, so we live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I love it here. I love it so much. Mm. Willow is so precious I love whenever (laughs) you share I think I don't know if you felt this way at all sometimes I get a little self-conscious like as a mom because I feel like I just want to share photos of my babies all the time but I I am encouraged when other people say they enjoy that as well and I just want to say like all the willow content keep it coming (laughs) I love you I know sometimes it's like yeah I post like all pictures of her but I mean She's like really stepping into a personality and mm. she's just so fun to be around. So why could like why else what else would I post? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I I am so inspired by you like creatively, entrepreneurially and I would love if you could tell us a little bit about um your journey with small business. Maybe just like introduce your businesses that you have, but I think that Um, small business is something that a lot of people consider like when they first get married or maybe when they become a mom and they realize like they want to stay at home with their kids. Definitely in the last year, I think a lot of people have become really interested in that. And I just know you have like such a vault of knowledge to share. So just kind of like give us the intro and then your journey with small business. Yeah. So I have been a small business owner for almost nine years. It'll be, I guess, nine years this year. And it was something that just happened naturally. I, my dad has always owned a small business. My mom had one when I was younger. So um, it just felt natural. And I was going to college and it was for me like a God moment of, I needed to stop going to college, which is not the normal story. But I just told my parents and they really encouraged me in it. They were like, yeah, you don't need to continue. So they they encouraged me to start a small business out of just an Etsy shop selling things that I made on my blog because I had a blog at the time. Well, I still do. And so I was going to apply for all these jobs and (laughs) I wasn't getting hired anywhere. And I kind of got desperate. So I was like, I'll listen to my parents. And I did. And since then, I've had this small business. And so I started Always Rooney, which was um, a leather goods shop. At the time, I started and I just sold everything. And I whittled it down to leather goods. And I personalized them. And I had that for six years. And then another God moment, I felt like I needed to lay it down. Then I got pregnant. And so I took a year off from Always Rooney. And I took the year off knowing I wouldn't really come back to that. I would want it to be something else. 
And from there, it evolved to Rooney sewing patterns, which is what I have now. And so that kind of all came from being a new mom. And yeah, I mean, I've started another small business in the meantime when I had always Rooney. So I currently have a shop called the Tire Cover Shop and Rooney Sewing Patterns. And that's what I work on all the time now. So awesome. I want to hear, I'm super curious, the name Rooney, like how did you come up with that? And it's really fun how you were able to like stick with it yet modify it for this new business that you started. (laughs) Yeah. So at the beginning, it was the name of my blog. So at the beginning, when you have to name your blog, I'm just like, I don't know. So I liked the name Rooney. Um, I liked, I've just always liked that name. And then I was talking to my family and they were like, oh yeah, you named it that because that's what we called you when you were little. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's just this thing that I didn't even know I did. So wow. I real, I guess I named it after myself <laughs> or like a nickname <laughs> growing up. And so, yeah. And when I was starting Rooney sewing patterns, I was just like, I don't, I just have a hard time naming things. And so I told my husband, I was like, I found the name for my business. I know it's groundbreaking. It's Rooney. I just dropped <laughs> it <for> always. <laughs> so yeah, I think it helped just brand recognition, like people recognizing like that was still me, but it was just different. And so, yeah, it. I guess it's just a nickname from growing up. That's so cool. It's cool that it has meaning though, because that obviously I think like translates to your audience as well. Yeah. And it feels really personal. And after, um, after I was in it for a few years, I was like, I should look up what it means. And it means champion. So Rooney means champion. And I love that it just means the idea of championing, championing women and whatever that means, like into their craft or what they're doing in their day-to-day and living a creative life. So I love that there's just like these layers to it that in the beginning I didn't really know. And I think that's with a lot of things of life, you kind of start something and then you're actually like unearthing what it really is. And so it's been a really fun business to see evolve and become just completely different things in different seasons of my life. Totally. That's so awesome. And I'm also curious, how did you get experience in working with leather? Where did you, did you learn that like to start this business or was it a skill that you already had before starting? Um, I stumbled into it. Um, So I had the blog and I would just come up with ideas of just crafts to make all the time. And that was my creative outlet. So where I was living, there was a local leather shop and they're just incredible. They're so knowledgeable and helpful. So I would go and just buy from their scrap bin. You can buy like pieces of leather for like less than a dollar. And I just kept going back and creating this relationship with them. And then I would, they taught me how to actually buy hides of leather and what I needed. And it was just this organic thing that came from my blog. And then I made a passport cover out of leather um, for a trip I was going on. And 
that's where I came up with my original idea. And that was what my whole business was centered around for six years was passport covers and personalizing them. So really just connecting with that shop locally. Um, They taught me everything that I knew and taught me how to buy a sewing machine eventually and all of that stuff. That's so neat. And I've loved like hearing about the kind of origins of now Rooney sewing patterns. And you just do such an awesome job on your YouTube channel. Is your YouTube just, oh, is it Rooney sewing you. patterns? Is that what yes. the channel is called? Yes, okay. it is. Yeah, definitely. If you're listening, go and just binge watch all of her videos. <laughs> Even if you are not into sewing, like you have so much great small business insight. And I love seeing like what your day-to-day looks like. It's honestly helped me kind of formulate, like, I have a small business. What do I do? (laughs) And so like you've shared about Pinterest and just all kinds of things. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's been fun to work on. It's been a new challenge, but I've really actually enjoyed it, like making the videos and stuff. So I figured I'll do it (laughs) as long as I keep enjoying it and stuff. So yeah, totally. Thank you. So in what ways has running your businesses, because you have two right now, um, Mm -hmm. two small businesses that you're running, in what ways have they, like, has that been challenging? And then in what ways has that been like a blessing to you and your family as you kind of transition through different seasons? I feel like I've grown up with my small businesses. So, I mean, I was 19 when I started my first business and I started it before I met my husband and everything. So the challenge, I think, so speaking to that, growing Mm -hmm. up with it, that's been a blessing of being able to just learn and evolve with it and take it as different seasons come. But a challenge with it is my pride getting in the way of wanting to do all of it myself. And I have a hard time asking for help and allowing people to help me. And and when I do, I always regret not doing it earlier because it just turns out so much better. And so a big challenge has just been knowing it's a small business. And I think we want to do things by ourselves because we don't think people want to help us or we don't think we have the resources. And really, when I've taken the time to hire someone or do a trade and work with somebody and invite them in like it's paid for itself. So a big thing is just when you're starting out, not having a lot of money behind it and kind of getting creative. Um, So yeah, it's been a lot of just letting go of the control of it all and especially like financial things and knowing like this is kind of on me to make this money but at the end of the day it's not really on me because I can do the work and kind of trust that God is going to carry it all out as it needs to be and so it's just a like a living in the tension of how much do I give to this and how much do I just trust the rest of the process but Yeah, it's been a huge blessing in our family of just stretching me and stretching my faith. So with my family, it's it's blessed us in ways of not only like giving us time to travel and giving us 
experiences we wouldn't have had otherwise and stretching and growing. I've loved being able to work with my husband on Always Rooney and Rooney. We kind of see each other's businesses as his business is my business and my business is his. So it takes that pressure off of not feeling like I'm in it alone. And it's been able to have this like sounding board and it's blessed our family financially and given us a little bit more freedom in that way. But yeah, I mean, overall, just having something that stretches you is, (laughs) it doesn't look like a blessing sometimes, but it really is. And so I can't, I've many times thought, should I give up this business or is this really what I need to be doing? And I, I don't see myself doing anything else. And so that's what I kind of keep coming back to of this was the last thing I felt clear on. So I'm going to keep doing it until it's not clear. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love hearing you talk about like all the ways that it has blessed your family, because while I know that it is really challenging, um, both on a personal and, and just like a business level to, to do that. I think that it can be really hard for women sometimes to feel like they have permission to Mm. run a small business and they feel like maybe it will take away from their family. Maybe it will distract them from their purpose. Like, you know, maybe it will, yeah, just cause challenges like in their marriage or as a mom. And I know that I, like my, I guess, journey kind of was that I graduated college in December of 2019, found out I was pregnant at the start of that semester. And so we knew that I would want to stay home. I had my daughter three months after I graduated, but I thought throughout my whole life and the expectation I was giving to my husband was like, I just... And, and being a mom is like the greatest joy and so much work, but I yeah. truly believed I would be content solely being a mom and a wife and a homemaker. And part of it was, I think a lot of, um, postpartum things, but I just kind of had this weird identity crisis where I realized I actually love projects. I love right. business. Like this is something I really want to pursue, but I, felt so guilty. I felt so guilty yeah. because I felt like um I was yeah, maybe not giving my family my best or like it would be taking away from them and so I know that it's blessed me and my family and even just like filled my cup so that way I can continue to serve my family in other ways and so it's really encouraging to hear that from you as well because you've been in small business for much longer than me. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you put language to what I'm feeling too of, I think we always see like other people like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be done. She's content staying at home with her kids. And so I need to be content staying at home with my kids completely. And just knowing like we have the permission to, hear from God and listen to what our family values are and listen to how I'm created and wired and being able to kind of 
specialize our lives to that because we're not the same as everyone else. And I admire the women that stay home solely, but also it's like what I found through my postpartum journey too, is I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better human when I have something to work on and something else to throw myself into. And when I am done with that, when the timer's up, when I lay that down and I go inside and I am with Willow and my husband and I have so much more to give. It's funny how you think like, oh, I'm just going to be exhausted. And it's kind of opposite for me. And I could see a visible change in my day-to-day, the way I was thinking, the way I was treating people when I took on Rooney and when, when right before that, when I started to just create every day, when I set that time and I was like, I'm going to create every day during her nap time, no matter what that looks like. And that was like a visible change. And that is a huge blessing. And so seeing like how that is blessing my family because it's blessing me and and that's how I'm created and I think it's really beautiful when we understand how we're created and try things and then figure out we need to kind of shift and so yeah it's it's a really big honor to be able to do both but knowing like everyone's everyone's so different totally I love that. I just, all of what you said resonates with me so much and kind of as I'm in like the beginning planning and building stages of my small businesses, I even love dreaming with my husband about like how we will be able to, um, just do more co-parenting, I guess. Like he loves being a dad. And so having the freedom and flexibility of maybe I go into the office for, you know, which is a bedroom, right? (laughs) And to the other room to work for a couple hours. But then he gets that time with our girls and that's really special too. And so being able to look at it um, from a variety of ways, I just think is great. It can be so good for the whole family. What encouragement and advice do you have for those who are listening, who maybe want to get started with a small business, but just have no idea where to start or what they would even create or sell. It's it's a very broad question because everyone is so different. <laughs> you can go down so many avenues, but first I would make a, a list of what you like, what fills you up, what you feel rejuvenated by and make a list of that and then start exploring it if that's making something, if you are creative and like to work with your hands, making something and then ask yourself, could I get a return on this? Could I sell this and actually make a profit for my time and my materials? And if not, maybe it's going down the avenue of direct sales. And I think that's an incredible way to get acquainted with small business and start surrounding yourself with other women and like-minded people that can encourage you. I actually look at direct sales a lot and like, I kind of, I just admire like the community that's around it. And, and I think that's something you don't have when you start your own small business that is not connected to anything like that. That's something that I've 
desired in my own small business journey more is that community of like-minded people. And so I would make the list and just start exploring and start. I think that is the biggest hurdle to many things that we do is we're just like, okay, I have to have this amount of money and I have to have these tools. Yeah. You just have to have like all of this stuff together when that, and then you get into it and you're like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) This isn't like, I'm not cut out for this or this isn't for me. So the best success I've seen is the things that have just naturally evolved in my life. And I love your story the other day that you were like, when I didn't plan my garden, it was <laughs> so beautiful and like flourishing. And then the year that I sit down and I plan it, it's like crickets, like Dead, there's yeah. no flowers, <laughs> which I so resonated with. Like that just looks like my life of like the things that are organic and natural and maybe the things that we feel like we don't have permission to seek out because they're so natural or they seem simple to us. Like, I think those are the things we actually should move forward in. And so, yeah, it's really a lot about knowing yourself and asking those around you, like, do you see this in me too? Because they'll affirm it or they'll maybe start asking you questions that would help clarify like what you actually should move forward in. And that's the thing with everything I've done. It just kind of made sense. Like it just seemed like the next thing to do. And that's where I've seen the most success. And of course, like I've stretched myself and I've taken big steps, but it was not without the first small step. And a big part of it is just surrounding yourself with mentors, podcasts, books, man, just start to weed out the people that you don't maybe connect with, or maybe there's a lot of information out there that is not very sound and it's not, it's just very fluffy. And so I listen to the people that kind of get to the heart of it and And a lot of those people are just in my life. And so my business is what it is because of the people around me. And so it's just surrounding yourself. And if that's not someone you know personally, it's listening to the podcasts and the books. And there's courses you can take. There are trips you can go on and masterminds you can be a part of. And so I don't know if that's a very great answer, but it really is of just starting to know who you are and what you're good at and and trying and starting watching the YouTube video whatever it is. I love that because as a small business owner, I feel like you have to be passionate and interested in um what you're doing. You know, it can be you can like find something to sell or to make, but when you are the one motivating yourself and bringing in the income like if it's not an area where you thrive or something you're interested in, I feel like that's going to be a lot more challenging to um, continue in. That's like going to be harder for it to be sustainable. And so I think that's great advice. Yeah. And (laughs) something is, if you like to make it once, that's great. But do you like to make it thousands of times? (laughs) Like, is that something you can sustain or 
do you need to make it for a season and then hire it out? So there are good ideas, but there are also ideas that aren't scalable and that will actually just make you so frustrated that you started this. And so it's really just thinking through the logistics too of like, is this something that can that will serve my family and serve me the more I get into it? Or is this going to just be so much work that it's going to actually kind of hurt us in the long run? So yeah, there are a lot of things I'd like to do, but it's just not really a great idea at first because it'd be great if I had a manufacturer or something like that. But yeah, it's kind of thinking a, a few steps ahead. I totally agree with that. Like my husband is so encouraging and is always telling me like, you should sell clothes that you make or you should make quilts. And I've really realized like, I just love doing that for me and for my family. And it takes a lot of time. I mean, for that to be worth it for me and scalable, like you were saying, gosh, I would have to charge hundreds of dollars per item for all the time and effort. And maybe, maybe someone would buy it, but it's I think really important. I'm realizing as a creative person who also really enjoys small business, not to make everything a business, right? Like to have things that are fun, pure enjoyment. And I'm not trying to think about how I can make a profit from doing that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And something I meant to mention earlier on a practical level, or I guess it was practical to me, was I knew I wanted a new idea. I knew I wanted something, a new business after I laid down Always Rooney, but I knew I needed to take a year off. So right before a year started coming around, I started praying and asking God for an idea. And when I got, when I had the idea for the sewing patterns, it was, it was like it resonated. It wasn't this weird out there idea that wasn't really in line with what I was doing and who I was. And so practically, I just think asking is, and praying about it and, and then praying about the next step. And when those are revealed, like when you have the idea for the next step. And I think that's when things just start to beautifully come together. I love that. That is the perfect segue into my next question, which is how has taking time to intentionally create impacted your walk with Jesus? Creating has, it's just always been something I've turned to. And I used to feel guilty for feeling like that was where I connected with God and the story in the Bible where it says, like, Martha, you you missed it. Like, Mary was sitting at my feet and listening to me and you're over there kind of just in the kitchen or whatever you're doing and occupying yourself with things that were just merely distractions. And I find myself doing that a lot. I, I want to serve and I want to do and make and, and just do all of these things because I feel like that's where I've connected with God. So I felt guilty of like, oh, could I be more like Mary and not more like Martha? And I think there's room for both. And obviously that story, I don't want to take it out of context, but 
I think it is something good for me to like keep coming back to of like there it's good to connect with God when I'm creating and that is a beautiful and sacred part of my life but I also need to have the moments where I'm alone and quiet and I'm okay to be still but having this connection of creating creating <laughs> has it's just helped me to see like who God is in a bigger way. And it's pretty humbling to know that I have these gifts that he's given me and it just makes me want to continue to make more. And just the stillness, like being able to make something, it's creating space. Like you can't make something and have a, a phone in one hand. Like it's, shutting down and being able to have this space and that's where I have my ideas and that's where I'm like oh this is what I want to do with my family and having ideas of this culture we're creating in our family and how we can raise Willow in a way that's God honoring and I don't know it's just that space that creating has made is something that I think is so needed in this world and especially with the noise and so in a way it is making me more like Mary because it's making me quiet and turn my eyes upward while I'm making if that makes sense so I'm not trying to be so like a thrill about it but yeah it's something that you can't really give to someone else unless they decide to do it themselves because I think we're all creative but that can take many different forms and so creating to me has just been an outlet of connection and I'm really grateful for it and I don't think my relationship with God would be where it is uh, without that. I love that and once again I just feel like I resonate with (laughs) all that you're sharing. It's funny, as you were kind of saying that, I was reflecting on my own like creative process and what I love so much about knitting or quilting or sewing clothes and that sort of thing. And you're so right. You can't have a phone in your hand at the same time. And um, even like, I don't know, taking walks and stuff. It's interesting how um, we can make this choice to be quiet and to be enjoying that time with the Lord or to bring our AirPods along and our phone. And like, I don't know, not that that can't be an enjoyable experience as well, but I just think um, really reducing the noise in our everyday lives is such an intentional choice and creating really does force you to do that. Even if um, it's, it's thinking through the math on this one particular pattern, (laughs) Because you may not be thinking about um, the psalm that you read the other day, but it is forcing your brain to focus on something outside of yourself um, and and not thinking about someone else's, you know, life that you saw on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And just like I think of all the things that I I missed because I was – filling that space with noise or I decided to 
Marco Polo, my friends, while on my walk, which is something I do often. (laughs) But like, what did I miss? Did I miss like, you know, seeing something in nature or did I just miss hearing God's voice? And obviously I think he's gracious and there are other opportunities, but those have been very sacred moments. And so, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying of putting it down is actually a lot harder than it comes across in just a sentence. So it's like, like I have to force myself a lot and I think that's okay because what happens is, is greater on the other side. Totally. It's a practice, right? It's my husband is super, I mean, he's a therapist. So part of it is the way the Lord created him, but he is wonderful at just being and living life at a slower, more present pace. And I am in wow. a totally different camp. I, I like yeah. doing, I am thinking quickly, but not always thinking before I'm speaking. And so yeah. it's, it's so fun that we get to stretch each other in those ways. So Switching gears, I would love to hear just a little bit about how you ended up in Tulsa and kind of what that season of transition was like for you. I have to say I got this question because I watched one of your YouTube videos every every Monday. Yeah. Today's Monday. Are you posting one today? Yes, Ooh. right after this video. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. Um, but I know that you shared that fun little story about the embroidery. And so if you haven't seen that video, go check out Courtney's YouTube channel. But um, yeah, you just kind of alluded to this season of transitioning to life in Tulsa. And I just want to hear a little bit about that. So I, Jordan and I dated long distance. I mean, we lived like two and a half hours away, so it wasn't terrible, but we dated for, I guess, like six or seven months that way. And we knew we were going to get married. So he was like, yeah, so we should really talk about you moving to Tulsa. And I was like, okay. And like a month, not even a month later, I moved here and I lived with one of my friends and it was a very just quick, like it just happened very quickly. And where I was living in Missouri, I wasn't too connected. I had a few core friends, but I was honestly ready to leave. And so I moved to Tulsa and I'm just so excited. And I, I just remember crossing the border from Missouri to Oklahoma and I just started crying and I'm just like, I have all my stuff in the back of my car and a trailer and I'm moving somewhere. I'm not even engaged. I barely know anybody. And, and I think that crying was me trying to work through what was happening and I didn't know how to do that. And so we get here and, and I had a few friends, but they were Jordan's friends. And so it was a long time. Like it, it felt like a long time before I was connected to people that I believed that they wanted to be my friend too. And so it was just a hard transition. I, I mean, we were sitting at lunch one day and I'm just like crying and And at the time, I didn't know how to process my feelings. And I've had a lot of change in my life. And I moved a lot when I was younger. And I just never really processed 
through it well. Um, now looking back, I process through it with creating. And so that's like a huge outlet for me. And so I just remember crying at lunch and the waiter comes up and uh, I'm just sobbing and, and Jordan's like, um, she'll have a water. <laughs> and he's like ordering for me. And I'm like, can you not see, sir, that I'm just a mess? I, I don't want to order right now. So yeah, it was it was an interesting transition. Like I, I actually don't even, I think it was just a lot of change that happened very fast. We mm. didn't date very long and obviously like I knew it was the right thing, but sometimes, like I said earlier, it's like you get into something and then you're actually like unearthing all of the stuff that you had no idea was there. And um, so a funny story that you're talking about the YouTube video was where Jordan and I were talking about me moving and I'm just like crying so I don't have friends and a big part of it is I grew up with incredible and incredibly close friends and so to move somewhere and not have any like core relationships that I felt like I could just be 100% myself around was really difficult so he just looks at me and I'm crying and he's like you know, to make friends, you have to be a friend. (laughs) And he sounds like a jerk, or it might just sound like great advice. It is great advice, but terrible when you're just telling that to your like new fiance, who's just so, so upset. And so we laugh about that a lot of like, we tell each other, like you need to you need to be a friend to make friends and <laughs> so he's like now like that's terrible advice in the moment and but the funny thing is is i found a cross stitched quote of that in our like in a local shop and so i i bought it and i have it on display so from there i slowly got into life here in Tulsa and I mean everyone's so welcoming but sometimes it's hard to believe things for yourself until you like make up your mind of like I'm here these people like me and I'm gonna decide that this is a good season and a lot of that was learning how to create and kind of process through that big change and So yeah, it was quite the time, but that was seven years ago and I'm so glad I stuck it out and I'm so glad Jordan was like, okay, when are you going to move here? Because I just love Tulsa and I can't really see myself anywhere else. I so appreciate you sharing all of that because I feel like, you know, this show is geared towards women in their 20s, some of whom maybe just graduated college and some of whom are getting married or starting families. And I feel like just transition is hard. And it's something that, you know, some, some people do move a lot growing up or experience transition. Um, Some people don't. And even then, you know, transition is handled in different ways and modeled for us in different ways. And so I just really feel like that's such a key theme for a lot of women in their twenties is just figuring out how do I process transition? You know, what Mm -hmm. is, um, what is 
like fear differentiating like the Lord's voice from <laughs> closing yeah. a door or what is just me being afraid. And um, what I just want to hear real quick, like as far as making friends, if someone is just like not in college anymore, or again, like just got married, like what is your best piece of advice for making friends other than Jordan's lovely, <laughs> lovely <laughs> advice? Like where did you end up? meeting your people I met I guess all of my friends at church so whatever that looks like for you um immersing yourself in the community and I hosted small groups and some of them weren't great (laughs) some of them like we would meet for weeks at a time and then after that we all just went our separate ways and But there would be like one or two people that I just connected with. And I think I'm in an interesting situation because I moved to a place where my husband grew up. So I really did become friends with many of his friends. But a lot of the people that I've just felt the most connected with, I met at church or randomly at a party. And it's so uncomfortable as an introvert to like put yourself in those situations. But a funny story is I met one of my close friends through Instagram and she lives here in Tulsa. And so it really is like the day and age we live in. Like, I think that's a great way to meet people because you actually see like a little bit about their life and like, okay, I feel like I resonate with them. Like, like, obviously, like if we were in the same town, I'd be like, can we please hang out, Paige? <laughs> yes. So, like, I, it's really, like, you have to be vulnerable to make friends, and I don't always like to do that. Um, but I also think it's okay to go and hang out with someone and be like, maybe that's just, like, an acquaintance or um, something like that. So it, I met many of my friends through small groups and and putting myself in those vulnerable positions to be like, I'm going to invite these people to my house and it might not grow great. And a lot of times it didn't, but now I feel like I have a core group of friends here in Tulsa that, that I've been able to do life with. And, and that's really what I look for in a friendship is like, are we going to like be on the same team and kind of do this together? And those are the most enriching relationships. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that um, this podcast is geared, I guess, mostly towards women in like the Christian community. Um, if that's not you, you're still welcome here. But I think that is always like my biggest encouragement because I moved to Southern California to go to college and didn't know anyone. And then we actually moved to London for a short period of time right after we got married um, where I studied abroad and the best way that like we've found to meet people is just by getting connected in a church and it can feel so vulnerable to like show up, especially if, um, you know, maybe someone doesn't like talk to you right away or you don't connect with the first person you meet who's a part of like the welcome team or whatever. (laughs) Um, And even like, I think it can be so hard because we church shopping can be such a thing, right? Like trying to find the perfect church and then I'll get plugged into meeting people. But I think my encouragement for 
people who are in this season is like, you're not every church is going to have everything you want. And like, there are great ways to supplement in areas where maybe you wish things were a little different through podcasts, through small groups, through like just listening to music, if the music isn't your style or whatever. And so um, that truly is just a great way because a lot of churches have that infrastructure of like small groups you can just join or try out. But it sounds like you really had to be vulnerable and like take that first step sometimes in inviting people. And so um, it's just awesome to hear that other people have had like a good experience meeting meeting friends in that way um, because that's been my experience as well. Yeah, that's good to hear that it's been the same. I mean, making friends after college is hard. It is, it has to be worked at. And I think it's easy in the day and age we live in to feel like we can supplement with the relationships that we have online. And I think there's a place for that. And I think that's like a huge, like, I think that's amazing to have online relationships like we have. And, but there's nothing like having people in your day-to-day life and, it just takes a lot of work that I don't think many people are willing to do. And I think it's okay to fail at friendships because then you kind of see the boundaries you might need or values that you have. And then it just continues to evolve and there's friends like for a season. So Mm -hmm. friendship is so important to me, but I don't want that to sound like it's been easy for me because it's been actually very hard. So yeah, I think it's just good things take a lot of work. Yeah. And I think even just that like will be so comforting for people, right? To say, yeah, friendship is hard. And I think um, like I was never that person who had this core group all growing up. I like probably Mm -hmm. my oldest friend that I have or the friend that I've had the longest is from like late middle school right so I didn't have like these people that I grew up with um and and just to know that it's something that takes a lot of work but is so worth it exactly when you have a baby you know and you need someone to bring you coffee like love those online friendships but it's so nice to have to have people in person exactly as well So, okay, this last question I have for you is kind of a trick question. (laughs) So how do you balance, which doesn't really exist, but how do you balance your roles (laughs) as like wife, mom, Jesus follower, small business owner? Just what does that look like for you? So I like that you pointed out that it's a trick question (laughs) because, yeah, I think we all know, hopefully we all know by now it's balance is not true. It's not ever equal, but for us, meaning me and Jordan and making decisions for Willow, cause she's so little, um, for us, we have found the most success in knowing what our values are and what is not important in the season. And for us, it looks very different than every other family. And so knowing you have to like sit down and talk through like, what's important to me? Like, what do I need? What do I feel like is 
a successful day. And for me, that's creating. And so we take a lot of time and make sure that is a big part of our life is creating and eating good food. And so being able to pinpoint those values and spending time together as a family and taking a full day off from work once a week and from our phones and knowing those values that drives everything else. So the reason that I, I can work and be a mom and be a wife and follow Jesus well is because we've put those things in place and practically we've just, I mean, all of the credit to my husband, he's really been the one that's spearheaded most of this and just a practical example is in the morning, we wake up at an hour where we're able to each have an hour to read and to pray and to write and fill up that way. And the other person spends time with Willow, then we switch and then we go on to work and whatever else we're doing for the day. So that wouldn't be put in place without the value of having that individual time. And so that obviously looks different for everybody. So I thought I used to be super laid back and like go with the flow, but I've learned I thrive with a schedule and it moves around. But when I have that set, then my values take up the big sections of it and everything else can fill in. And it that filters through what I say no to and what I say yes to and just having this open dialogue between my husband and me of I'm putting this on our schedule. Do you see anything conflicting with this? And the reason that I'm able to do just a lot, or maybe it looks like a lot, I don't know, is because we have our values set and they can change in different seasons. So for this season, a value is to build a business and also spend time with my family And so we structure our weeks that way. And then the other other practical way I do it is just with a whole lot of help. And I think it's a ditch to be able to see someone else and be like, man, they're doing all of this stuff. Like they're just like carrying it all themselves and they're awesome. But on the other side of that is someone else helping. So there's always, always help. And we have someone that comes and watches Willow throughout the week. And so we're able to work and that's just in this season, what our life looks like. And that might change where I stay at home with Willow most of the time or Jordan does, but yeah, there's always help. And we live near family, which is a huge blessing. I think that's huge talking about the help because I know like some people have asked me before, like, how are you how are you making a quilt with an eight month old? (laughs) And I'm able to respond like, Oh, because my husband like knows that that's a value to me and he's willing to help. But also I think this is common as women, especially as moms, which is not great, but like comparing, um, I find myself like we don't live near family right now in this season. And realizing that a lot of people with young children who do live around family, like, that's a huge blessing. And so there's no way that I can ever in any circumstance compare my journey to anyone else's because yeah, sometimes we have more help than others. And 
like recognizing right. that your your workload can change or your values can like shift with those seasons. It's hard, but it's better, I feel like, for your own expectations in your family in the long run. Yeah. And I mean, I've done that with my business too, of like, my business has to be at this level. And then kind of being like, oh, they have like five people working on all of those separate things. And I am one person. So just having realistic expectations for ourselves and knowing that people have different thresholds, like people can carry more things or less things. And knowing all our values makes us say no to other things. So for me, I don't find as much enjoyment as watching a TV show that or a movie like that doesn't bring me as much joy. So I know that I'm going to spend that time making. So we all have obviously the same amount of time, but our values will drive our decisions. And so, yeah, it's so easy to compare yourself and be, and not see the full picture. Totally. Okay. So just to wrap this up, I have a few rapid fire questions for you. So first of all, what are three things that you've been loving lately? Okay. Three things I've been loving are blue cheese stuffed green olives, which sounds very interesting, but I love them. And the second thing is masterclass. So I don't know if you know what masterclass is. It's just an online database of all of these in-depth classes taught by experts like Sarah Blakely, who owns Spanx, or there's a lot of chefs on there. So there's just a wide variety of classes you can take. And so I got a membership to that. And so, like I said, I don't love TV that much. So I watch those and um, I've just been loving those. And I love that I can go in depth on something that isn't really available anywhere else. And the third thing is it's called Prayer Volume 1 by Strawn Coleman. It's S-T-R-A-H-A-N Coleman. And he has a Instagram called Commoners Communion and it's Mm. just a prayer book and it's very honest. And there are these short little prayers and he'll on some of them give a little commentary of his own thoughts. And I really admire the way that he's kind of crafted this prayer book. And so I've, I've loved reading through that. That's so awesome. I feel like, I think I follow them on Instagram. Um, and I recently got every moment, Holy volume one, which is also a prayer book. And that was never like a practice that I had in my family. Honestly, we're quite verbal. So like praying is, (laughs) I think a strength in some ways. Um, but it's been really special to have like specific prayers that my husband and I can pray together because that is an area where, um, he doesn't always like know what to pray. And so to have the words that we can, um, read and like meditate on and pray together has been really special. So I love that. I'll have to check that out. And I know I I want to check out every moment. Holy. Oh my gosh. Yes. They have, it's like 
specific prayers for specific things. It's really awesome. Like there are two liturgies for changing diapers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Amen. Wow. It's That's it's so cool. just <gasps> like yeah, what it sounds like, I guess, like prayers for um a birthday or before a surgery or when you hear a bird sing. I mean it's really special. How can we as a community be praying for you? I would really just love prayer for this season of building a new business and navigating the newness of it and wanting to do everything and realizing not everything needs to be happening right now. And so navigating a new business would be a top prayer and how to do that in alignment with serving my family and being present with them. Yeah. Yeah. And Courtney, where can people find you? Because I know everyone's going to want to go watch your YouTube (laughs) channel and learn more about your sewing patterns and all that good stuff. So my personal Instagram is Courtney underscore underscore Weston. And then my business Rooney Sewing Patterns is at Rooney Clothing. And from there, there's links to my YouTube where I do videos every week and my website and everything else is on there. So I feel like that's an easy, kind of easy in to find all of the links. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I can't wait for people mm-hmm. to listen to it. I'm like, can I just publish it today? Because yeah. I'm <laughs> so excited. Thanks for sharing your heart about small business and family and all the things. And thank you so much for having me. This was so fun and I admire you so much. So I'm excited that we're connected now. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I'm so grateful you decided to join us today and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you liked today's episode, I'd love to encourage you to share it with a friend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners. Our username is at Love in a Cottage Podcast. And if you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes as well. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us further, you can simply write a review on iTunes. You guys, what this does is help other like-minded women find the show. Your support means so much to me. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you back here next week for another episode.